What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. matters. So, um, actually, when I did my very first school profile at Middletown, it was from the years before I started. And that the year before, um, I want to say it was 58% of our students went to two and four year college. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of my first year, I got that 58% to 63%, which doesn't feel like a huge amount. But when we're talking about 300 students, you know, it's more than five kids. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> that is Bobby Joe Vathan, Director of College Counseling at Middletown High School in Connecticut. Hello, I'm your host, Venkat Raman. Bobby Jo started in higher education after her undergraduate degree. While she enjoyed her work, the money wasn't enough. So she took a detour through the insurance industry. After the crash of 2008, Bobby Jo decided to take an interest inventory and figure out her next career move. That pointed her in the direction of school counseling. Bobby Joe went to grad school and became a high school counselor. Now, 12 years later, she's the director of school counseling at Middletown High School. On our podcast, Bobby Joe talks about her background, about Middletown High School, data-driven counseling approach, belief gap challenges, success stories, and her advice for high schoolers. Now, Before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast. Our school also has, you know, influx of students um, who are coming from various backgrounds while they're trying to get to the United States. Lots of interesting stories, Mm -hmm. Um, but they make our community really rich. We also have a strong middle class of Mm -hmm. traditionally underrepresented populations. So we have four school counselors that have um, caseloads. And so 75-ish each, um, which is why it's so important to look at the data. So we have, um, we call it a dashboard that we have, but we are tracking their steps. We can see what they've done. We, We pair that information with Naviance and pull that into this dashboard. Um, yeah. So it's really interactive and we can see exactly where someone is and where they need to be. Our biggest challenge is a belief gap, whether yeah. it's the student's belief in themselves or other adults that are in their life, their belief of them, right? Yeah. So we talk about that a lot where we actually do some professional development around this specifically working um, with one of Cheryl Hoka McCoy's books around mm-hmm. post-secondary readiness. Um, yeah, so when we survey seniors at the at that point before we start, or juniors, I should say, they're juniors yeah. at that point, that's yeah. our, actually our first survey that's like really yeah. targeted around college career. And so then at that time, the students who know what they want to study, um, probably around 60%. The other thing I'm going to say, and I said it earlier, but shoot your shot. If you have that dream school, go for it um, because you never know what's going to happen, right? 
These were the high fives brought to you by College Matters. Alma Matters. Matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For my newsletter, visit almamatters.substack.com. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Bobby Joe. So without further ado, here's the podcast with Bobby Joe Waiton. If you're ready, we can jump right in. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited to talk. Awesome. So, um, so yeah, maybe the best place to start is tell us a little bit about your professional background and then uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, I'm going to give you my career story because it's relevant probably later on when we talk about advice. Sure. Um, so when I finished my undergraduate degree, I went into higher education and I was working in student affairs um, in the housing residence life student activity section. And I really enjoyed that work, but it came to a point where I didn't want to go back to grad school. I was drowning in debt and I wasn't making enough money. Um, mm-hmm. So I just, I had to make a change. So I went into insurance for a little bit because I live in Connecticut. There's mm-hmm. lots of opportunity here in the yeah. insurance industry. So yeah. I learned a lot about, you know, your 401k and 403bs and, you know, I feel good about my retirement, <laughs> but I jumped in, <laughs> but I jumped into that space just to have something, right? My goal was, yeah. you know, to buy a house and have some, you know, a little bit of extra income. Um, yeah. So the crash, uh, the stock market crash of 2008 was probably my worst working day of my life. Um, it was, I was an, um, internal wholesaler at the time and it was just a tough day where everyone was losing money left and right. And it was all my fault. Um, Mm -hmm. or at least that's what I felt. So, um, Mm -hmm. shortly after that, I went on a trip. Um, one of my friends was getting married and we were talking, trying to figure out what was my next career move. And this is how, you know, I was supposed to be a school counselor. I went back Mm -hmm. to my hotel room after that conversation and Googled interest inventory and I took an interest inventory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was, how do you know you're going to be a school counselor? You take an interest inventory on your own, yep. right? Yep. Um, yep. And it pointed me towards school counseling. And it really was that in between of what I loved about higher ed, which was working with students in this transition of their life to adulthood, mm-hmm. but also a, a lot more structure where I had, um, an end to my day and I wasn't on call all the time. And so I went back to grad school. Um, and so I've been a school counselor now for 12 ish years. Mm -hmm. Um, about five years ago, I got kind of frustrated with public education and was looking to figure out what's, what, how can we fix this? Like this system is kind of messy and it's not working. Um, and so I went back to get my PhD at UConn, Mm -hmm. um, in counselor education and I did a focus on education policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have a good mentor. And I was still really interested in post-secondary transitions. Um, mm-hmm. And I I did a lot of my research around post-secondary transitions for Black males. Um, mm. And so that's the base of my background, right? I care deeply about young people in this transition. I care deeply about all people having access to high quality, rigorous education that mm-hmm. includes college. Um, so yeah, that, that's a little bit about me. Um, I, I love the work. It's rewarding every day, frustrating most days. Um, <laughs> but it's, I, I would, I would never go back to the day where I took that interest inventory and not go to grad school. 
Or, or, or to go back to insurance selling, right? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go any further, tell us a little bit about the high school, Middletown High School. Yeah, so Middletown is a really interesting city in Connecticut. Um, Wesleyan University is housed in Middletown. Yeah. So yeah. we have a lot of um, professors and, and with Wesleyan comes um, a really liberal community and a community that cares deeply about representation. Mm-hmm. Um, so Middletown in Connecticut had the very first pride parade and pride celebration mm-hmm. um, and has been really open to our LGBTQIA plus community for Mm -hmm. decades um Mm -hmm. we're also a sanctuary city and so Mm -hmm. with that we have people who are immigrating all of the time and so our our school also has you know influx of students um, who are coming from various backgrounds while they're trying to get to the united states lots of interesting stories Um, Mm -hmm. but they make our community really rich Um, Mm -hmm. we also have a strong middle class of mm-hmm. traditionally underrepresented populations, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you would, and I mean, most people should also not assume that students of color would have economic um, difficulties, but you can't right. assume that in our city specifically, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've pride, we pride ourselves in celebrating everybody and including everybody. Um, yeah. We're a medium-ish city, right? And if you look at cities in the U- U.S., our school yeah. district, it, you know, our high school has about 1,300 kids, our middle school about 1,000 students. So, you know, small in comparison. Um, mm-hmm. But to us in Connecticut, that feels big. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, that's great. That's a great, um, great intro to the school. Now, the, uh, what do students do after they graduate from high school? What's kind of the distribution of... Um, you know, college, two-year, four-year trade school, that sort of thing. Yeah, so we survey our kids quite often to get some of this data. So um, it's, I'm happy to say it's pretty accurate. But our college-going population, two- and four-year, together is around 72%. Mm-hmm. Um, a very small portion of students go into the workforce directly, you know, mm-hmm. maybe around 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest are either military or um, trade school or mm-hmm. apprenticeship, right? Um, yeah. But the majority of our students aspire to go to college. Um, they, around 85% of this year's graduating class, when we survey them, say that they intend to go to a four-year college. And so our job is to help them get there. So um, what kind of role do you play? I mean, um, just give us sort of a broad feel for the role and then we can talk about Mm -hmm. how you do it yeah so um currently i'm the director of school counseling 612 so i'm helping the counselors in our college career readiness counselor with the macro right the larger Mm -hmm. planning um challenging norms challenging thoughts and and larger um kind of planning in that way We have Mm -hmm. a college career readiness counselor. I I just mentioned that. That was my role when I came to the district. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I started there, I worked really hard to build an atmosphere where all students felt welcomed there and all students knew that they had a resource, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, so my it's kind of directing and inspiring and overseeing. Awesome. Now, how do you have a team? How big is your team? So at the high school, I have eight school counselors in total. Mm. Seven of them have caseloads. Three of them are freshmen only. So we focus a lot on the transition into high school and supporting them so mm-hmm. that we know if you have a successful freshman year, you are more likely to graduate, right? Especially, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the idea of if you don't, if you don't pass algebra one in your first freshman year, you're not likely to graduate. So we put a lot of resources there and four of the counselors um, take on the students from grades 10 through 12. Mm -hmm. Um, So they build those deep connections so that they're really ready to support them as they transition out. And then I have a school, a certified school counselor that is runs our college career center. um, And she does not have a caseload. Her Mm -hmm. only job is to make sure every kid in our district has a plan and they have acted on their plan. Awesome. Awesome. So you have, you have a good size team then. Uh, hopefully it feels good size. I don't know what you think, but um... <laughs> <laughs> I could always use more. <laughs> how, how do you guys approach college counseling then? I mean, it sounds like um, when the students get to the freshman year of high school, you're helping them transition so that they make a smooth move and then they can go up and hopefully be ready for college by the time they are graduating from high school. But um, how do you approach the whole college counseling area? So for us, I'm, I feel like we're still a work in progress because there's work to do in the middle school that um, we're not, we haven't approached yet, but um, starting in grade nine, we have a group of students who are at risk of, not having a successful freshman year based on the eighth grade data. So if they were at risk with attendance, behavior, or grades, they go into this smaller group grouping where they have a school counselor has a small caseload and also their classes are smaller. So Mm -hmm. the work with those school counselors do with those particular at-risk students is they bring them into the career center and early on they're starting to explore what are things that they like, how does that equate into a career, Um, And what do I need to do to get to that career? So that conversation Mm -hmm. starts freshman year. Um, We're lucky in my district where we have advisory every single day. And Mm. so weekly, we push out lessons into advisory that are, you know, of course, they're around the other um, topics in school counseling. But at least once a month, we're talking about college career readiness, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's looking at... um, raise.me and making every student have an account so that they can track the kind of scholarships that they can get with just having good grades and doing community service mm-hmm. or they're exploring careers and then exploring majors and exploring colleges um, mm-hmm. we do a heavy push starting january um, junior year um, okay. we work right alongside our english department um, mm-hmm. and pushing out lessons that's connected to a college essay, um, connected to a resume, connected to the steps. So we start our our college application process really in January of the junior year. Um, wow. wow. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, I could argue that we could push that down to grade 10, but you know, when I got here, <laughs> we were only talking about college with seniors. Um, right. So I'm excited, right? So we made, we made growth in a couple of years. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, so I mentioned earlier, we have that one counselor without a caseload and her only job is to make sure every kid has a plan. And yeah. so throughout the year with our senior class, we are tracking data in regards to um, what did they say they want to do? Um, we do an initial senior survey. It asks all kinds of questions, but the biggest questions we get are, what is your plan? What is a career you want or a major that you want? Um and then like, what are your fears? Right. And so she mm -hmm. uses this data to filter and say, okay, I've got this college coming in. This, are, these are the majors they are really good at. I'm going to target those kids and have them come sit with the college. Um, or the military is coming today. I know these kids are interested in the military. These kids don't have a plan yet. Let's invite them in. Um, so it's really data driven. We also have bi-weekly data meetings where we are looking at where kids are and we're saying, okay, these kids haven't made the progress that we want. We're going to target them this week. We're going to call them down, have individual meetings with the counselor, bring them to the career center. Um, it's the way we make sure that kids don't fall through the cracks, right? I've always yeah, said, yeah. if you use data, the data doesn't lie. <laughs> right? No, Same is, thing with our is, FAFSA. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, uh, this whole data-driven approach is really good. I mean, so basically, you're, um, you said you had, I think, five, uh, five people um, who had a caseload, so five counselors. So, they, so you have 300, roughly 300 students per year. So mm -hmm. that's about 50 students a year per person there. So um, yeah, so they are collecting the data, I guess. And, well, uh, it's actually about 100. So we have four school counselors that have um, caseloads. And so 75-ish okay. each, okay. Okay. Um, which is why it's so important to look at the data. So we have, um, we call it a dashboard that we have, but we are tracking their steps. So we can see what they've done. We, we pair that information with Naviance and pull that into this dashboard. Um, yeah. So it's really interactive and we can see exactly where someone is and where they need to be. And, you know, we make a list of who, who we're going to focus on that week. Fantastic. I mean, I, I think um, looks like you guys are on top of the game there. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the flavor of things, right? I mean, so what what kinds of things and challenges are you facing? Um, I, you know, I, I don't mean sort of in an existential way, but, you know, challenges in terms yeah. of what students are uh, looking at, mismatches. How do you kind of mm -hmm. work through those kind of things where okay. students have sort of a misguided or, uh, or an incorrect perception of themselves, mm -hmm. shall we say? Yeah, I think what we, our biggest challenge is a belief gap, whether yeah. it's the student's belief in themselves or other adults that are in their life, their belief of them, right? Yeah. So we talk about that a lot where we actually do some professional development around this specifically working um, with one of Cheryl Holcomb McCoy's books around mm -hmm. post-secondary readiness um, for mm -hmm. all students. But um, we talk, we talk a lot about the belief gap and we're constantly telling kids, you know, shoot your shot. What's the worst that's going to happen. They're going to say no. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what? But if you, but if you don't shoot your shot, they're definitely not going to say yes. Yeah. Right. So we push that message a lot. And then the other side of that, because I can say shoot your shot and they end up with a whole bunch of Ivy schools on their list. <laughs> and yeah. even my top kid and Ivy is a reach, right? Yeah. Make it balanced, right? So if, and I think what's helpful is 
um, the pandemic happened. So this was, this is real now. Whereas in the past, I used to say, if the world blew up, what would you do? What's okay. your backup plan? Well, guess what? The world blew up and a bunch of people had black backup plans. Um, yeah. So we, that's how we get into this conversation around a balanced list. We talk about financial safety and ac- academic safety, at least have one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that we really tell students is use the whole app. We do a lot of coaching individually and in groups around how to use the entire Common App um, mm-hmm. to tell their whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think some of the other challenges are the things I can't control, like how subjective the college application yeah. process is in the U.S., right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And we are, you know, I had a couple of counselors go to some schools in England um, last year and got to learn some of their process and how accessible that is for U.S. citizens. So we're expanding there. But Mm -hmm. how subjective the process is, is hard, right? And so the other side of that is kids are really anxious right now. Mm -hmm. And you have to get them ready for the no without crushing their spirit. Right. 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 And and say like, okay, you're allowed to have one day where you're going to be mad because Harvard said no. And then yeah. we're going to move on because you have all these other yeses. But it, yeah. you can have other yeses when you have that wide, you know, when you sure. tell kids to shoot their shot and you don't break them down. Right. It's not my job yeah. to say no. It's the college's job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be the bad guy ever. So one is on this belief gap. Now, where mm-hmm. do students where do students typically end up? I mean, are you finding more of them um, are less confident and believe in themselves less, or is it the more where 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 is the pendulum? I guess um, at my school, it's believe less, um, and okay. some of that because I have such a diverse background of students. There's mm-hmm things that are larger than us and larger than our community that are impacting their belief of whether or not they belong. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so we will lean heavily on HBCUs and our Hispanic yeah. um, serving institutions, right. And helping students find those mm-hmm. that they can find a place where they belong and they, you know, believe they can. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the belief gap is coming from our own teachers, right. There are mm-hmm. teachers in our building that think that some students shouldn't go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have those lively conversations weekly, at least, right? Where, mm-hmm. you know, I'm challenging those thoughts. Um, so some of it comes from that. Some of it just comes from if your dad's a lawyer, you're going to most likely be a lawyer. And if, yeah. and if your dad is um, a corrections officer, then you have a higher chance of being a corrections officer. Neither career yeah. is better or worse. But you yeah. only know what you know, right? And so some of yeah. so when you challenge a student to believe more, right? A common one I have is someone says, "Oh, I want to be a CNA. My mom's a CNA. It's a great job." And yeah. then we start talking, and it's like, "Oh, I like a helping career. What are other things I can do in helping careers?" And then mm-hmm. I get to jobs that require a PhD or an MD, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't do all that school." Well, why not? Of course you can. Well, no one else did it before. Well, no one else did it before me either, but here we are. I have a PhD, right? Someone's got to go first. So there's a couple of factors of like where this belief gap is coming in. I think the hardest one is um, the institutions and the things that are larger than than us, right? The other other question I have for you is about the college plan. Now, 
what are you finding as you you know you kind of engage with them seriously at the start of their second semester of the junior uh, year in high school now what what traction the students already have a plan or have sort of are clear about what they want to do or you know better than most uh, what what's kind of the distribution there yeah so when we survey seniors at the at that point before we start or juniors i should say they're juniors yeah. at that point that's yeah. our actually our first survey that's like really yeah. targeted around college career and so then at that time the students who know what they want to study um probably around 60% i think that's where we as a district have some room to grow because I, th- I think the kids know that they want to go to college, but sometimes mm-hmm. they don't know what for because they haven't been exposed to what for. Um, and so that's some work that we have to do, right? Um, like I said, coming in, we were only talking in senior year. I'm only in my fifth year yeah. in the district. So we've, you know, but yeah, I think but, they just don't know what's out there. But I think, I mean, I would think 60% is pretty good. I mean, I, I frankly, right? Um, <laughs> I'm never going to no. be happy till it's 100 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but you know, um, it, it's it's kind of like this, right? I mean, they might at that point in time know what they want to do, which is fine, as long as they're open-minded and discover yeah. new things, and they are willing to sort of go with the not necessarily go with the flow, but yeah. sort of take into account what is going on and making make changes. That's great, right? But well, but I'm glad that you said that because that's something that we talk about with our students because a part of this anxiety is they feel this immense pressure to decide what they're doing for the rest of their life when they're 16, 17 years old. Yeah. Right. And so at the beginning of the podcast, I said, and I'll give you my whole career story because it's relevant and it's relevant because I help students, you know, I'll tell my story to students and the fear all the time is if you start over quote unquote and start Mm -hmm. a new career, you're going to lose money. You're going to lose time. You're going to lose all these things. And somehow for me, it has always worked out. Right. It has always yeah. found its way to be more prosperous and have be happier in all kinds of ways. So we talk a lot about like what you're going to decide is what's next, not what's forever. And we have those conversations. They start to be like, oh, OK, this isn't as big as I thought it was. Everyone always said this is like the biggest decision of my life. And if I mess it up, I'm going to mess up my life. And we just validate that it's not. You can change majors. You can change schools. You can be in a career and go back and get a degree for another career. Like you just got to be okay with starting something. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think the fundamental thing is that um, as long as you have, um, you're motivated and you want to do some things or, you know, people have different sort of aspirations, but it doesn't have to center around just a career because, you know, these kids who are graduating today, uh, 10 years from now, there'll be <laughs> new careers and new things that nobody even dreamt of today or is dreaming about today, right? And so oh, yeah. things change really fast. And I think the biggest thing is learn to learn, as I say. And so yeah. um, that's what you have to be able to do. So, no, that's great. I mean, that's why I said 60% is good, right? So that's my Yeah. <laughs> no, but I... I... I want to like highlight what you're saying. You are 100% right. When I started my career, I had a student who was like, oh, I'm going to study AI. And I was like, that's cool. I have no clue what that is. Like, it yeah. was it's like a TikTok filter. I don't get it. Or <laughs> yeah. at the time, whatever app it was. And now look where we are. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. we there are careers that we had never thought about. It's happening in tech left and right. It's happening um, in security left and right. Um, 
but yeah, we need kids who are open to learn, open to problem solve and, you know, try new things. You know, you're obviously doing a lot of very interesting stuff and, uh, you know, approaching it, I would say very, you know, as you said, in a very data driven way. So how, how are students responding to the process? How, what are you finding uh, in terms of how students sort of are taking to it and, you know, maybe in terms of, I don't know, I, I, don't, I, hate, the, I hate to use the word success, but some <laughs> metric or something to say, hey, this is working, right? Yeah. Well, the reality is that students don't see what we're doing behind the scenes with all this data-driven work to make sure everyone gets to the finish line with right. the next step, right? But I think what they're seeing is people who believe in them and people mm-hmm. who are taking the time to help them through it. Um, I mean, so I think one of the great metrics that we're really proud of from last year is 72% of our students filled out the FAFSA. Mm. Um, and so that to me also says all those students applied somewhere, had some intention somewhere, and were, and were headed in right. a, towards post-secondary education. Um, our surveys um, point to feeling really supported, you know, in the quantitative part of these surveys, the students are saying things like, um, we love having the career center. I have friends, you know, that go to XYZ school nearby and they don't have this kind of help. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel safe. And one of the best things that I love, I feel safe in that space. Mm -hmm. Um, Student families say that they feel heard and encouraged because um, mm-hmm. our work isn't always just with the students. It's sometimes with the families. Mm-hmm. Um, but our college going rates are going up as opposed to down like the rest of the nation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we have more students applying and getting into highly selective schools. Right. We had two students this past year um, go full ride to Ivy League schools, Yale and to Cornell. Mm-hmm. No cost, completely free. Um, and that's them taking risks and putting their neck out there. Um, and the more that we can show students that that's happening, the more mm-hmm. they can see it for themselves. So we celebrate them big. <laughs> Has this test optional stuff made things better, easier, or is it about the same for the students? Um, I think for the students, they're getting more encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, so that stuff is better. Um, we also do a lot more celebrating than we've done in the past, right? We celebrate, yeah. um, national, uh, college signing day, but we call it national signing day so that we include everybody in every path. Um, yeah. we, we just celebrated why apply day. We'll, we'll celebrate. I applied day. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're doing lots to make them feel excited that they've done the stuff, right? The hard right. stuff. You know, you mentioned a little earlier that uh, there are more students applying. So roughly five years ago, how many students were applying for college? I mean, you said 72%. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that was a good number. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it maybe five years ago or maybe about the time you joined? Yeah. So um, actually, when I did my very first school profile at Middletown, it was from the years before I started. And that the year before, um, I want to say it was 58% of our students went to two and four year college. Mm -hmm. Um, 
by the end of my first year, I got that 58% to 63%, which doesn't feel like a huge amount. But when we're talking about 300 students, you know, it's more than five kids, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Yes, um, yes. But we've, <laughs> we've increased the number of students who are applying to HBCUs. Mm-hmm. We've increased the number of students who are applying to, um, to scholarships so mm-hmm. that they can make this affordable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So five years ago, about fifty-eight percent, and we're hanging out around seventy-two percent right now. Well, that's that's great. Good. That's that's very good. That's very good. Any any anecdote or success stories or that you would like to share? I mean, just something that yeah. you look back and say, "Wow, that was really good," and you know, hopefully, student-related. Um, I'll say like the mantra that we say again and again in our, in our offices is everyone can and everyone should and sometimes mm-hmm. we're the only person telling them that right. so it's a constant reminder to us of everyone can everyone should and we may be the only one saying it so keep saying it mm-hmm. um I've, i mean i think success stories that i can speak to as far as our involvement right we yeah i've we've had students who are highly driven are going to do the thing no matter what um and they've had great success and you know we've tweaked things here and there but they are who they are and they're going to be successful um so my before i was at middletown high i was at a magnet school in hartford um Mm -hmm. and i had a student who struggled academically but was really 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 bright Uh, Mm -hmm. His GPA was like a Mm 1.7, but his SAT scores were 1,200. And, you know, he comes to me halfway through junior year, realizing what his GPA is, realizing that there's not a huge impact that he can make on it before applications. And, you know, he's in tears and he's like, there's no way I'm never going to go to college. I'm so stupid. And I was like, dude, (laughs) you just got a 1,200 on the SATs. You are not stupid. It's not over. Um, Mm -hmm. And so him and I worked really closely together. We applied, we, he applied. And I think that tells you where, like how committed I get with these students. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He applied to 27 schools Mm. and he got one yes. And that's, Mm. and the one yes was UMass Boston. Mm. He went to UMass Boston and he was on the Dean's list for four years. Wow. Right. Those are the stories that I think are so incredibly important for educators and people who are on that other side of the belief gap need to hear is sometimes it takes longer for the students to mature academically, but -hmm. when they want it, they'll do it. Um, The student majored in computer science. He was featured in the New York Times. I mean, he did it. And the other great thing is that he didn't do it and then leave his community. He did it and came back. So that mm-hmm. he could uplift his community. He was the first one in his family to go to college. Um, mm-hmm. He still lives in the neighborhood he grew up in. And he has a strong belief that I've done it first. I'm going to help other people do it too. Um, and so that to me is like, okay, somebody heard my story. Somebody heard my my messages. I'm done. I can retire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that speaks to... When we have to, when a kid says they want to, we need to believe just as hard as they do. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. had people in my office saying, why are you spending so much time with this student? This is a waste of time. They're not going to get in. Why? And I was like, it doesn't matter what I think. 
they want it. And so we're going to do it. I'm going to ask you to give some advice to all high schoolers out there. You mentioned a whole bunch of people who soon <laughs> don't have access to counselors um, or, you know, the benefit of counseling. So mm-hmm. what, what would you tell them as they are getting ready in this cycle or the next to apply to college? Um, I'm going to tell all these students that there's no decision you're going to make today that's going to ruin your life. Mm-hmm. And so take the chance, you know, definitely bet on yourself, right? No matter what everybody else says, bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I'm going to say, and I said it earlier, but shoot your shot. If you have that dream school, go for it. Um, cause you never know what's going to happen, right? If I told that student with a 1.7, not to apply to UMass Boston because it, he's it's not within his average, he mm-hmm. wouldn't have gotten in, right? His life wouldn't yeah, have changed. Yeah. So yeah. shoot your shot and know that there's no decision that's going to ruin your life. Students are so afraid of making the wrong decision. Just yeah. go, go with the flow. Let, let things change and the right schools will accept you. And if some of them don't, we're going to have our moment and move on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Bobby Joe, we are going to start winding down. But before I let you go, um, I want to talk about this excitement, passion, and this energy that you have for this for what you do. What keeps you going every day? Um, so I was the first in my family to go to college, mm-hmm. and so um, there are moments in my life where I saw how proud my parents were. They couldn't mm-hmm. figure out how to help me through it. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember those moments, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that gets me through. The other thing that gets me through are stories like that one student that went to UMass Boston, right? Mm-hmm. It's the success of my students are, is my success. And now that mm-hmm. I'm in this role where I'm supporting adults, supporting kids, yeah, there's, their success is my success, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure that people can have access to the economy in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that means access to the networks and the skills that you get in college. Mm -hmm. And so I want to, I want to make sure everyone has access. We can solve a whole lot more problems if more people are involved. Agreed. Awesome. So Bobby Joe, this has been a wonderful conversation, very uplifting. And I thank you for, the time you've taken and for all the insights that you shared. Um, obviously, want to keep talking to you in the future. And uh, for right now, take care, be safe, and thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Bobby Joe Wathan of Middletown High School in Connecticut. Bobby Joe shares her approach for counseling with a team of counselors, start in the freshman year, employ a data-driven approach to counseling, helping students overcome their belief gap, and finally, asking each one to take their shot. I hope high schoolers and parents find Bobby Joe's counsel helpful. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much 
for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash almamatters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you. College Matters. Alma Alma Matters. Matters.